You're listening to Unfiltered with Muhammad Uncut, a podcast about personal growth and authentic leadership. If you're looking for tips on how to manage others, get ahead, and make your way up the corporate ladder, this is not the show for you. This podcast is about being of service to others, leading from the heart, and evolving into a better version of yourself. Each episode brings you motivated stories about unfiltered leadership and authentic leaders, those who involve others, use their influence to amplify diverse perspectives, and inspire teams to achieve collective results. If this sounds like you, keep listening. Hello and welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast, and welcome to my guest, Kimberly Davis. I'm Thank so excited very, to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Kimberly, you bring so much energy, you bring enthusiasm, and you radiate with presence and smile. And besides what you're bringing right now to this virtual connection, I do want to give people a bit of background on who you are and what else you will be bringing to the conversation today. So this is the only scripted part of the, uh, the, the interview. The rest of it is going to be a fluid conversation between you and I, so I can learn more about what you're doing. So Kimberly, you're an expert on authentic leadership. You share your inspirational message of personal power, responsibility, and impact with organizations across the country. And you teach leadership programs worldwide as well. Good, good on you. Your program on stage leadership runs in New York City as well as Dallas. And you teach for SMU Cox School of Business, the executive education program there, as well as the Latino Leadership Initiative at the Bush Institute for the We Lead program, which serves to empower female leaders from the Middle East. Again, good on you and thank you. You're a TEDx speaker. You've recently launched a, a new book, Brave Leadership Unleash Your Most Confident, Authentic, and Powerful Self to get the results you need, which we know we're gonna talk about today to learn more about why this book has become a, a best-selling book and why it's received the various awards that it has. But for now, I get to spend the next 40 minutes or so with you as my unfiltered guest. So script aside, welcome and thank you. Thank you, Mohammed. I am so grateful to be with you today. I am very grateful to be with you. And I mean that from my heart. And um, this podcast is all about leading from the heart. It's about authentic leadership. It's about un being our, our, our unfiltered self, right? So many of us, as you talk about showing up and how we show up, it's learning to show up just as you are. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. no one is going to teach us and tell us and share with us better than you. So I'm going to ask you to go right there and tell us why is it so important for us to show up exactly as we are? Well, because if we are not being our true selves, I mean, if you look at it strictly from a leadership perspective, right? So we can look at it from a human perspective and why that matters. But if, if we start with looking at it from strictly a business and leadership perspective, if you need people to bring their best to their jobs, if you need them to want to follow instead of have to follow, um, you, they need to be able to connect you to you from a human perspective because people will crawl over broken glass for someone they believe in and someone they trust and someone they care about. But they have to know who you truly are and able to in, in order to be able to do that. And so if you truly care about results as a leader and, and we are hired to deliver results in a leadership role, then the best, most effective way to do that is to really connect to, to human beings on a, on a 
at a human level. And, and in order for them to be able to do that, they need to see who you are from an authentic space. Now, that's the leadership piece, right? But if we look at this from a, a human perspective, um, it's, it's very much the same way in that if we, if we truly want to connect to the human beings around us, if we want to be able to influence other people, and, and truly, if you look at almost any job position in the world, almost every job to some degree requires influence. We can't get anything done unless we, we are able to play nice in the sandbox with other people. Mm -hmm. right? And so we need to be able to connect to them on a human level. So they want to listen to us. They want to, to consider what we have to offer. They want to be engaged with, with what we have to offer. They want to champion our work, all of these other things. And so um, being able to be who we are powerfully in the world is the fastest, most effective way to get, to get good results. If that's what matters to you now if good results don't matter to you then um don't worry about it but i suspect almost everyone who's listening has to be able to get get good results um in in whatever it is that they're doing in their life whether it's our personal goals or, or our professional goals and, and you know i think you you would agree with me that a lot of us we don't become good leaders of ourselves first and without that first step of leadership learning to lead ourselves it's hard to lead others right Absolutely. I think learning to lead yourself, knowing yourself begins with knowing yourself, because if we don't know who we are, how do we, how do we bring that out into the world? Um, and I think, I think that is one of the, the biggest challenges that most of us human beings face is that we are so busy learning our craft and learning how to add value to our organizations and learning how to do things right and what we do, what we should do in the world that we rarely take the time to step back and truly know ourselves and ask ourselves the tough questions and look in the mirror and tell ourselves the hard truths about how we're truly showing up in the world and the impact we're having on the, the people around us. And without being able to do that, we cannot hope to effectively and authentically show up with other people. Well, Kimberly, I'm going to play devil's advocate. You know, I'm just too busy to do all that and show up and be this authentic person. I've got a job to do. I've got to think about how I can hit my numbers and I got to meet quotas and I, I got to deliver to a client. And, you know, don't talk to me about these soft skills or essential skills, whatever you guys want to call them, devil's advocate here, right? But this is really what people like you talk about leadership and authentic leadership and being brave in your, your leadership role. I, that's what you encounter. That's what I hear all the time is, hey, can we talk about the real stuff that matters? But isn't this the real stuff that matters? What do you think? Oh, the, to, you I mean, of course, you're singing to the choir with me, Mohammed. Yeah. Of course, I believe this is the real stuff that matters. And yes, can you get results without showing up authentically? Sure, you can get a fast result, but you're not necessarily going to get a lasting result right. because it's the, the relationships in our lives that create lasting results. So a leader that shows up in a more command control authoritarian style, they're going to be able to get results from by, by infusing a little fear uh, when they need to. But 
they're not going to get the loyalty of the people that report to them. And they're certainly not going to get to their hearts where that's where engagement lies. That's where trust lies. That's where loyalty lies. That's where joy and commitment and everything that can make a difference to your business lies. So if you don't need those things, great, fine, go ahead and just focus on the numbers. But I would suspect in order to get anything done in this uber competitive world that we live in, you need people to be able to bring their best, not just their paycheck exchange. Right. And Kimberly, I, I think too that people can actually get things done and we can hit our numbers, maybe even better if we can do it in the way that you describe and showing up authentically. There's no question. There's yeah. no question. It, it, exp- exponentially, Mohammed. I think our results get exponentially better when we are willing to be brave enough to show who we truly are and truly connect from that human space because people will exponentially deliver way beyond what they are being asked. Right. And so let, let, my, my giveaway here and why I try to play the devil's advocate is because I think a lot of people, when they lead in such a way, they're leading from fear. But you talk to not necessarily the absence of fear, but the glory of being brave. So I would like you to explain, you know, when when these naysayers and people are afraid, maybe naysayers is is a little too critical, but when they're afraid to show up authentically to be brave, what is it that they can do now that can help them do it better? Well, let's dig into that, that fear a little bit and the price that we pay for the fear. So I don't believe that brave is the absence of fear. I think fear is a, is a very human experience. And to say that you get to be brave only when you have mm. no fear is, is, is not realistic because everyone has fear. And if they tell you that they don't, don't believe them because that's not true. It may show up as anxiety. It may show up as stress or worry or mm. overwhelm or, or a, all, a whole host of other things, but it really is just a fancier name for fear. That's what it is. Um, but when you look at what happens in our brains in the face of fear, what happens is that our, the amygdala in our brain gets triggered. So the amygdala is the part of our brain that is in charge of emotion management. And its job is to keep us alive, right? So when it senses anything that looks like pain or danger, when it senses anything that looks like vulnerability, what it's going to do is it's going to send out a red alert in the form of cortisol. So it's going to flood your body with cortisol, which is essentially the stress hormone. And it's going to give, your, give you all of these physical sensations. Your hands might start to sweat. Your heart might start to beat fast. Your mouth get, might get dry. Your muscles might get tense. There's going to be all sorts of physiological things that show up. Um, and, and it's going to be to different degrees depending on the situation that you're in. But what's happening is, is if this is your body's natural response to say, hey, stop. You need to fight, fight, uh, fight, flee, or freeze, right? So you can stay alive. So the amygdala is, it's doing its job. It's trying to keep you alive when it senses fear, right? Now, a lot of times when you, when you think about being brave, you think about, oh my gosh, I'm, you, the first thing you focus on is I have to be brave. I have to be brave. You're focused on all of the things that you're afraid of, right? And we immediately start to focus on all the things, what, what do people think about me? I might fail. I might, might, I might look stupid. Um, will, I, will I make a fool out of myself? All of these things that, that show up in your mind when you're putting yourself in a high stakes situation, right? Well, what happens is when we start to think about these things, we start to think about what do people think about me? I might fail, all of these things. We're putting our focus directly on ourselves. And it's starting to trigger 
those stress hormones and it's what that's going to stop us in our tracks. It's almost impossible to take brave action in the face of those stress hormones to really show up as powerfully as, as you can and to be your true self in that kind of situation when you're focused on the pain and danger, because you're going to get all those body, uh, those body um, messages saying, Hey, stop, you need to stop where you are right now or run away or whatever, whatever it's telling you to do. Um, so what I encourage people to do is to reframe that for themselves. So instead of thinking about brave as being willing to face and endure danger or pain, which actually happens to be the real definition of brave, mm. um, I, I have redefined brave for myself because I, I learned a long time ago that focusing on the danger and pain, that doesn't work for me. It is almost impossible for me to be who I want to be in this world and do the things I want to do when that's where my focus is. Right. So for me, I had to redefine what bravery looks like. And I define brave as being your best, most authentic and powerful self, because I knew that if I could do that, if I could really be who I truly am when I'm at my best powerfully, then I could get through that pain and danger. But if I focus on the pain and danger, no way. Kimberly's not showing up. Not the real one, at least. Right. Um, now, of course, the big question is, is how do you do that? You know, how do you be who you truly are powerfully, your best, most authentic and powerful self in the face of the pain and danger? How do you do that when the stakes feel high, right? Because that's when, that's when we're really tested, when you have to have those really hard conversations or you're putting yourself out there for something, like you're running for political office or something, you know, when you're having to do these really hard things, then normally most of us will go, oh, no, I... Yeah, I could never do that, right? But when you really have to do those hard things, how do you show up as who you truly are powerfully? And what I've learned after doing this work for the past 12 years is that the, the fastest way to do that is to really anchor into purpose or what I call your super objective. It's what do I stand for? What's the impact I want to have mm. on the human beings around me, right? And what that does, Muhammad, this is what's so exciting about it, is what it does is it takes your focus off of yourself. So remember, when we're focused on the pain and danger, you're focused on what do people think right. about me? I might look stupid. I might fail. I might your focus is on yourself. Yeah. But when you're focused on purpose, when you're focused on your super objective, what it does is it takes your focus off of yourself. And now I'm focused on what's the impact I want to have on you right now? What's the impact I want to have on your listeners? What's the impact I want to have on my community? What's the impact I want to have on my employees or my clients? Whoever is most important to you. Because when you can do that, it allows you to step into your brave. Well, you know, Kim, Kimberly, everybody always tells us, you know, when you're faced with adversity, when you're faced with fear, put up your, right? Like, think about it. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're in the, play, you know, playground and somebody's threatening us and we're either going to cower and, and get beat up or we're going to defend ourselves. And so for yeah. us, the point earlier, bravery, courage, I'm ready. I'm ready. And, and my blood's racing and right, the amygdala's doing its thing. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Do her up and come on, come right at me. Yeah. But that's not brave. No, that and in fact, that's putting you in a reactive state. Right. right? So, you know, we're, we're, our, our amygdalas are designed to help us survive. So right. We're, we're going to react, right? And, and some people, when they react, they're like, they're, you know, they're driven by the adrenaline and they think, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be yeah. really powerful now. Rocky. Right? The truth is, yeah. how powerful are right. you if when you are, taking your action, your brain's not able to fully participate because right. what happens is, is when you react, when you're, you're, you trigger your amygdala, 
our breathing gets naturally, naturally more shallow until we start cutting off our breath entirely. We start holding our breath. You know, I'm going to fight. I'm going to defend myself, right? right? And you start holding your breath. You tense your muscles. Well, here's a really interesting thing to consider, Muhammad, is that your brain needs oxygen to function. So if you're holding your breath and you're holding your muscles tight and you're in that reactive state, you're not able to make powerful choices. It's all reaction. And so it's like playing around a Russian roulette. Who knows what's going to happen? It could be. It could work for you. But the likelihood of you being able to take constructive, powerful, responsible action in that situation is very, very low if you're not able to make choices. Well, full disclosure, I will tell you that maybe the several hundred times that I've reacted in my life, impulsive, I'm an impulsive person at 52 now, and as I get older, I've gotten much better. My wife can attest to that. And in environments where I'm more comfortable, so obviously in my personal environment, my home environment, you know, where I've taken a little too much lax at work, but when I get pushed up against the wall, more so before, less now, that's where I get reactive, I get impulsive. And you're right, I, I, my body just kind of gets tight, but nobody, I don't have the saber-toothed tiger there, but it feels like it. But the idea is, it doesn't feel good. You know, in those times no, where yeah. I, right? I it's can, not I can healthy. Because we call this passion too, right? right. Sometimes yeah, we well, it and remind well, right. I'm just passionate, but I'm just a really no. passionate person. But, but it's the aftermath that exactly. always that kind of bad the regret. Dog, you know, yep. I just, yep. I, and this is the thing that people need to remember, right? Is that, you know, in the moment you do something, you, you do something, you say something, you regret, and we're human, that happens, right? Um, and the person that you're with may or may not forgive you. Mm. But the bigger thing is that we carry that around with ourselves. We cannot hide from ourselves. And we know that we could do better. We know when we could have done better. And I believe that confidence comes from knowing that you can count on yourself. And so if you are habitually doing things that disappoint yourself, that you know you could be better, right? If, they, if, you, if, this is, if you make a habit out of that, you want to know why you're, you're having difficulty with confidence because you're eroding your confidence right. every single time you react. And yeah. every time you make powerful choices and live into those choices and you see the results of those choices, it ratchets your confidence up. And so it, the, the price that we pay is much bigger than that little moment of reaction. The price we pay is the cumulative effect of those reactions time and time and time again, erodes our confidence in ourselves and thus our ability to get anything done. And you know, the, what we are often faced with situations where our patience is being tested, where our courage is being tested. Like I, I think right now, let's look at a certain situation in your country of origin in the United States, right? But I have to go there because I, I think about you know, you mentioned politics earlier. I, I, I was going to run for politics. I had tried and I will again. But the first thing that I was told by my campaign manager at the time is you've got to learn to deflect. 
Because yeah. the minute that you allow that negative energy to come at you, now we can see what happens. We can see it right now in, in the political arenas, right? We see what happens when you don't deflect well. People put up their duties and it becomes a match fight and nobody understands anything. And right. there's nothing respectful about that. That's not the way we want to lead our daily interactions. We don't want people in the boardroom or in the project area or in our kitchens or in our bedrooms, wherever it is that we lead, lead authentically and show up. We don't want to be behaving in a way that later we'll look back and think, did I really do that? But then right. Right. we'll carry that away with us. But so will others. Is they'll remember right. us, right? The it's, ripple effect of that. Amazingly. Right. Like you, you, you mentioned something, and I think I, you did this in, in your TEDx talk. Um, in your TED talk, you talk about, you know, it's not a destination. Oh, look, I'm brave. I'm right. I'm here. Yeah. Right. Brave, being brave and, and showing up with your brave is not the final destination. I think you. <laughs> right. Well, that'd be nice. Okay. <laughs> right? I'm brave. Check right? the box. Right. You know? <laughs> So explain yeah. to somebody like me or to anyone who, who might struggle sometimes with that impulsiveness or, or that fear, right? Or whatever you want to call it. Cause yes, I'll, I'll recognize anxiety as right. Or yeah. maybe yeah. being impulsive that those are all different faces of fear. How do we show up and allow ourselves to lead from a place of being brave? Well, so, um, so what you alluded to, Muhammad, is absolutely what I believe, and that is our brave unfolds one situation at a time, right? So we're not, you're not, we're not born brave. You don't get, brave is not a destiny. It's not someplace you achieve. Brave is, how did I show up in that, the last situation I was in? How am I showing up in this situation that I'm in now? How will I show up in the next situation? And, and so on and so forth, right? And so the both the exciting and the overwhelming part of that is that you get a do-over in your very next situation, right? Mm. However, you do need to own the impact that you had right. in the previous situation, right? So, so being able to be clear about your purpose, about your super objective, what is it you stand for, allows you to have that kind of clarity of focus to know, did I have the impact I wanted to have in that situation, yes or no, right? Because if you're not clear about that, it's hard to have a clear answer. You don't, you don't know, did you have the impact or did you not know? Because you, know, you don't know what you're, the impact you were looking for, right? right? So once you're clear, but what's the impact that I want to have? in this situation, then you can say, well, did I have that impact or did I not? And what action do I need to take? If the answer is no, what do I do? So sometimes sometimes the reality is, is particularly in those situations where we react because we're human, um, is that we have to clean it up. You have to own it. You have to take responsibility for, you know, for your words and for your actions. Um, because if you, if you don't, the people that are with you that will, they will remember and right. that will, that will affect your relationship moving forward, whether or not they say it will. Right. right? Oh, it will. And yeah, it absolutely will. And, and what we talked about earlier is the bigger thing is you will remember, you know, right. that what you did was out of alignment with your values and your purpose and what you stand for. Right. So, or, or you have the wrong values and the wrong purpose. If you're consistently behaving in a way that is contradicting to what you think your values are. Right. 
Well, I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier, Muhammad, is that people don't take the time to know themselves. Mm. We don't even know what our values are. Right. right? We're, we're just absorbing what we think society lives like. Okay. So, you know, right now, if you look at the values in, in my country, um, coming top down, we're, we're, we've got some problems, right? Honesty is not, a lot not, of work. It's not something that we're yeah. valuing, right? We're, we're not being kind to other people, not necessarily a high value. So, so a lot of people are just doing, well, it works for them. So I'm, that's how I'm going to show up in the world, but they're not, you're not, they're not living your life. They're not, you're not having to, to show up and get results based on those values. Is that truly who you are? Or are you not thinking about it? And you're just, you're just showing up as you think other people think you should. Right. So I think it goes back to knowing yourself. Do you even know what your values are? Can you name your values? Right. What, you know, what is most important to you? Because once you can name that, then you can do something about it. But if you haven't named it, you can't do anything about it. So it goes back to being able to clearly know your values and your purpose or your super objective and, and then being able to put that to the, use that as your filter for action. Did I do that or did I not in, in this situation that I'm facing? And then what's the impact I want to have in the next situation I'm facing based on your values and your purpose, right? Um, and, and did I do that or did I not in this situation? And so that can guide you throughout the course of your day. Am I living a life that is congruent with who I am on the inside? Are my actions and my words in alignment with the person I know myself to be and want to be in the world? Or are they not? And where do I have work to do? And Kimberly, you know, I, I, I know you'd agree with me. And again, I'm not telling you this. I'm just saying it for myself, for the benefit of myself, and so that it resonates with, with the listeners, is that there's a difference between someone who's going through that self-discovery journey. So to your point, hey, you don't arrive. I don't think we ever arrive until we leave this right. earth. Right. We're right. always in a state of, you know, it's a constant flux of, of self-discovery. You know, to your yeah. point, what you, and you quoted my Angela when you said this, do the best you can until you know better. Then when you know better, do better, right? And so be forgiving to yourself if you don't know the answers today, if you're not getting it right. If you're not intentionally being like those leaders who are actually wanting going out of their way or going in their way to, to be destructive leaders, then you're actually trying to learn to do it better. And yeah. I see, right? And, right. You know, I, and I, I absolutely agree with you, right? Muhammad. Just so you know, I mean, I'm, I, I look at the world as you do, is that it, I am, I, I'm always working to do better. And I don't think that I've arrived in any mm -hmm. stretch of the imagination because I think that if once you say you're done, then I mean, where do we go from there? Right. Where do you, where do you right. go from there? Um, it's always a continual truth telling with yourself. And I also um, agree with you that sometimes in our truth telling, we can be, we can be our own worst critic. Mm. Sometimes we can beat ourselves up so much that, that it's hard to, you know, who want, who can show up powerfully in their life if they've been, if they've been beaten, <laughs> beaten, you know, so, so having compassion for ourselves as, as human beings that are working on being their, on your best. And as long as you are absolutely sincere in that quest, then, then that you're, you're doing something right, you know, I mean, but it, but it comes with, I am sincerely trying to do my best. And then when you don't do your best because you're human and you mess up because we all do and you react, then you say, wow, 
that was not who I want to be. And I am, I'm so sorry. And um, there's power in that. There's yeah. power in that, right? Oh people see that. I think, you know, when, when, when people can see your sincerity, they're going to be more forgiving when you screw up. Absolutely. I think people will give you a huge latitude right. for behavior right. if you are sincere in wanting to be better and you're willing to own it. Now, that said, if you're doing it as a tool to manipulate, um, that's well, you're not being sincere, <laughs> right? You know? right. We've all seen that happen too. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, as, a, as an excuse for saying something really cool. Oh, I was just kidding. Right. You know, well, people know when you're being truthful and when you're not people know and that goes to what you said earlier about owning it right you, you right. know if, if, if you're not really owning it and you're you're deflecting in, in in a way that you're going to just erode the trust or any sort of respect that you earn or can yeah. earn now help me out when you talk about a super objective yeah i've heard you refer to that now a yeah, couple yeah, times yeah. so a super objective is, is essentially your purpose and action right so when we when we talk about a super objective you you look at it and you ask ask yourselves a few basic questions. One is who or what do I want to have an impact on? Right? So you're, you know, you're really clear on, on, on where you want to have your impact. Do I want, what, what do I care about most? Do I care about making a difference to my community? Do I care most of, am I, am I someone who is a big group person? So I want to have an impact on my organization or my team, or do I, do I get more energy personally from having an impact on individuals? I want to make a difference in your life and your life and your life. And so you getting really clear on who or what you want to have an impact on is really important because again, once you can name it, you can do something about it, right? So that's one of the questions. The next question is, is why do you care? For real, I mean, what do you really care? What matters to you most? Not why should, why does your boss think you should care, right? Or mm. why does your mom think you should care? Your your significant other partner, yeah. But what's real for you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? You know why you do, you do what you do for the sake of what? Mm. Why do you do this? And then what's the impact that you want to have? So these are very very basic questions. But if you can get down to the the core of those questions and then frame them in active language using active verbs, right? So for example, my super objective is to connect people to the best of who they are. That's why I do what it is I do. That's, that's why we're Love having it. a conversation. Love that's it. why I got so excited to talk to you, right? <laughs> that's why I get up at 5.30 every morning to write. That's why I, you know, before COVID, I was on an airplane all the time. That's why I do what it is I do. And sometimes I do it effectively and sometimes not so much. I, I miss my mark, but that's my commitment to myself, mm. right? And it's what is your commitment to yourself? You're, you're here to, what's the impact that you want to have? So it's different from brand because brand is outward facing. Brand is, this is what I want the world to think about me, right? No, this is what, what drives you from that internal space. What gets you out of bed in the morning? How do you reignite your own energy when you have forgotten why it is you do what it is you do? You know, this is why I do what, I, what it is I do, right? Could so they align? Could, pardon could, me? Could brand... And your super objective, could, could they be corresponding? Could they align? I mean, you, I, th I think they certainly could align. And there are some people that use similar language. Um, but I don't think that you can come to an authentic brand without coming to getting to know your super objective first. And I think often the way the world works is we work it backwards. It's like, what's my brand? Mm. Okay, now who am I? 
Um, but the truth is, is how authentic can your brand truly be if you don't know who you are, right? So um, the language around brand is often different. I mean, if I, if I put on a job application that um, I, I, I stand for connecting people to the best of who they are, I suspect that the, the people interviewing me might go, huh, what does that mean? You know, that, yeah. I don't think it would make sense in the same way because it's not designed it's not designed for them, it's designed for me. It's designed for me to hold my own feet to the fire. Am I doing what I say I'm about, yes or no, right? And so you, you might be able to use it for brand, but that's not, that's not the right. purpose of it. And I think finding, you know, do, doing your brand work after that, wow, what an exciting way to, to, to do that process. Well, that goes back to emotional intelligence. You need to know yourself first before you can attempt to know others. And your brand is out uh, first, uh, thing, and yeah, you're, uh, you're right, your super objective is more start with yourself first. And yeah. then work to others, you know, and you're going to get a test, okay. by the way, because normally my guests only have to answer one question that I call the unfiltered thought of the week, right? Oh, no! I, 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 you're not So you've got to be very brave. And if you were going to give us three or four steps, what's this trajectory? How would I, bear with me here, because you're getting a, a, a multi-pronged question, I'll, okay. I'll kind of, okay. uh, because it's important, I, I want somebody who listens to this today, if they take nothing away than these three or four steps to how they can align that discovery of starting to walk on the path to finding your brave, yeah. where did they start, how did they get better, and how did they know yeah. that they're in their brave? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it begins with those basic questions that we talked about earlier, if you can really get some clarity on, uh, around um, you do what you do for the sake of what, what is the impact you want to have, just those two questions alone. If you can really answer those, then you can use them as a measuring stick, right? Then you can say, okay, well, how do I do that in this situation? How do I do that on that call? Okay, so for, for myself, it's, you know, how do I connect how do I connect you, Mohammed, and the, the, those of you that are listening to the best of who you are? That's my commitment right now, right? And anything that, that goes beyond that commitment is, is getting in my way, becomes an obstacle to me achieving what it is I'm here to do, right? So, and you can do that with every situation. You, you can do that with, okay, well, how do I, how do I wake up my son in the morning to start his mm. day, right? You can do that with, okay, when I write this next article, how do I do that for my readers? You can do that for when, when I'm, I'm gonna give a presentation. How do I connect the people in this audience to the best of who they are? When I teach, it's every student, how do I connect this person to the best of who she is and him to the best of who he is? And what that requires though, is it requires empathy and action because you can't know if you had the impact you wanted to have unless you're really paying attention to what other people need from you. Right. So it forces you into empathy uh, in every situation you face. Well, it's consistency. And, and you know what I hear from you is I can approach every action with the intention of, you know, to use your point, how can I connect? How can I do this better? Right. So if I want to approach waking up my son and, and, and this happens every day, at 630. OK, the bus is going to come in 45 minutes. Right? right. To how can I call them to the dinner table? How can I? show up at a meeting with maybe a, a boss 
with whom I have a less than desirable relationship? How can I have that difficult conversation with somebody that I work with? But, you know, I go back to why am I here? How do I do it? Yes, yes, right? yes, right? absolutely it. And here's the thing. A lot of times we think we've got these throwaway situations in our lives. So mm-hmm. we go back to waking up our, our children, right, in the morning, right? So we're like, we're frustrated. We're, you know, the day is going. They're sleeping in. The bus is going to come, right. right, right? So, so you know, as a parent, it's easy. Hey, come on. You know, this is the third time I've had you had to wake you up. And you find yourself getting frustrated. And that's how we start their day. Right. And no right? wonder we have shitty days. Right. Right. Exactly. I mean, so, so, and they live into that, that their, their reaction is a reaction to how we reacted. Right. So, so this is how we've shown up in the day. Our kids then carry that with them throughout their day. It's a lot of baggage. Carry with us, Muhammad. And this is the thing we forget is we cannot escape ourselves. We know we were not the person we wanted to be in that situation. And so that situation is equally as important as having to pitch to the C-suite, mm-hmm. right? And But we don't look at it that way. Like, oh, I've got to pitch to the shareholders yeah. today. This is so important, right? Well, you know what? If you didn't wake up your child in the way that's in alignment with who you are, you're not going to have a good pitch. That's wow. what's real because you already eroded your confidence and belief wow. in yourself. That it, you're not consistent. And, and I think that's right. where we allow the imposter syndrome. So, you know, a lot of people think that the imposter syndrome is something that others push on us because of things they say or do. But you know what? We feed into it when we're not consistent and we don't have that super objective. Absolutely. Right. There's right. No question. You know, no it question. reminds mm-hmm. me of, I think it was in grade three. I was reading Helen Keller. I know I'm going to get this wrong. And it was three days left to live. And I always come back to that. And sometimes I ask my kids and now as I'm getting older and I'm hearing more about people passing on, you know, um, I always ask myself, if I did only have three days to live, what would they look like? Well, you better believe it that I would want to be a lot more consistent. I would want to wake up my kid, my son in the morning with as much love and intentionality and treat it as if God forbid yes. that were the last time that I would have, right? And it may be, you know, like my, my 13 year old that he's not around, still crawls in bed with me. We talk about our days at the end that's of the day, awesome. right? So right? Isn't that, and that's what he's going to remember right? though when he's an adult, right? It's when he's, he still yeah. gets on my back and I play horsey. And it, now I'm counting the times when I offer and he declines. It's not because he loves me less. It's because he's Right. But if we are going to value the things that matter besides pitching to the C-suite, then create that consistency through every single thing. Find our super objective. Show up brave. And then brave becomes something that is second nature. Might not be our destination, but it certainly becomes a way that we get there and everything that we do. That's Thank right. you so much. You got me. I'm getting goosebumps. Okay. I'm, just, I'm so, so excited. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, it, it is exciting when you think of it, you. when you think of it that way, what is possible when we can truly be who we truly are powerfully in the world. I mean, that empowered. Is, yeah. 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 I mean, that is, that is a legacy that, um, that, that, that can change that, that will change our lives. That will change everyone that we touch. Right, well, I can see why too. you smile and why people smile when they say Kimberly Davis because you bring that life and 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 brave to to the discussion. So I cut you off, but I you know I I, I see it, I feel it, and I, I thank so, you for that. But you know the 
thing to remember, Mohammed, and, and I think this piece gets gets forgotten in the conversation, is the responsibility that's inherent in that. Because when you think about the impact that you have, right, that comes with a sense of responsibility and care that we forget. So it's not just a nice to have, it's a, it's a have to have, and it's a, it's a responsibility, yes, to others, but it's a responsibility to ourselves. And, you know, for those of you that are listening, what I want you to remember is you deserve to experience mm. yourself being your best, right? You deserve that. So when we are not taking responsibility for the, the incredible human being that we can be in the world, we're letting ourselves down. And, and that's, that's a shame. That's a it shame. Is. Thank you so much for your insight, your passion, your energy. Um, the love that you exude and what you love to do. So thank you so much for showing up so brave and for being my I'm uncle really guest today. I'm really grateful to have had this thank chance you. to talk to you. Well, thank, you. thank you. I look forward to future discussions. I do as well. Thank, thank you. you. Take well. care. Thank you for listening to Unfiltered, the show about authentic leadership and personal growth. Like what you heard? Click subscribe, share it, and tell a friend about it. And don't forget to leave a rating.